0: Leadership has always been challenging, but today, the pressures and unrelenting changes are greater than ever before. Leaders must manage an increasingly complex work environment made up of both remote and hybrid teams. To add to that, many team members are facing economic health and family care demands, so leaders have to be even more flexible and creative in order to be effective. We know that energized and engaged people and teams are the lifeblood of every organization. I'm Leanne Rogers, host of Leading Better Teams, and I arm leaders with everything you need to build happy and high-performing teams, all served up with empathy, humor, and a dash of Southern charm. Join me each month as I share the most effective and actionable insights, models, tips, and tools to help you lead better teams. Let's get started. Do you ever feel like you're completely overwhelmed? Like you want Calgon to take you away? So I'm laughing here because some of you may not even know what Calgon is, and I'm probably dating myself, but Calgon was a bubble bath commercial that came out in 1978. There's this woman on the commercial, and she goes, the boss, the traffic, the baby, the dog, that does it. Calgon, take me away. And then, you know, the next scene, she's laying in a bubble bath, all relaxed and all happy. Well, growing up, that was just a really common phrase my friends and I would all say to each other. Anytime we felt really stressed out about anything, we would just say, Calgon, take me away. And it just, you know, it reminds me of that funny time of feeling stressed back then and what we would say. So, if you're curious about that or you're feeling nostalgic, you can actually go to YouTube and we'll link to that in the show notes and take a look at that old commercial and get a kick out of it. But it just goes to show that the feeling of being stressed and overwhelmed is just, it's been there forever and it probably will be forever. In fact, I was inspired to create this podcast today because in the last two weeks, I've talked to at least 10 people via coaching calls, coaching circles, and just conversations with colleagues, and they all told me in so many words that they were feeling overwhelmed. I mean, it just it's just been one person after the next who said that to me, and I can certainly relate to that because I've spent much of the last three years feeling this way myself. I found an interesting study done by the Medical Health Foundation in the UK in 2018, and they said that in that year, 74% of people have felt so stressed that they were either overwhelmed or unable to cope. That's three out of four people. And it doesn't surprise me because I can't think of anybody that I know well that would be willing to tell me that hasn't felt overwhelmed at least once in the last year, if not a lot of the year. So this is a common challenge that we face as humans, and I think it's one that we've got to figure out how to manage because it's no fun to feel overwhelmed and burdened and stressed out. So I'm exploring this for myself too, selfishly, so that I can listen back to this podcast in those moments where I feel really overwhelmed and get a reminder that a lot of overcoming this has to do with me and my own mindset. And because I don't want to overwhelm you, I'm going to actually split this whole topic up into two podcasts. That's actually a strategy, right? To break things down, to chunk things down into small, manageable pieces. And today, we're going to focus on how we get in our own way. The internal thinking and mindsets that only you and I can control And you can apply this to yourself in your own life. And you can also apply this to the people that you work with, to your own reports or your own peers who are feeling stressed and overwhelmed and help them when you're coaching them. And then in the next podcast, I'll take you to the next level, which is how strategies and ideas for dealing with the external demands in our lives and how we can better manage them if we choose to. But we're starting with ourselves because I believe if we don't get our own headspace right, we won't utilize the tools and the tactics, right? We've got to start with our own beliefs and our own mindsets. Most of the time, when I'm coaching a leader who's overwhelmed, which is fairly common, they begin to realize through through the coaching process that they're doing things or that they're not doing things that are contributing to this sense of overwhelm and stress. And sometimes it takes some time. To get people to realize this, you know, often we tend to feel like, you know, the world or things around us are happening to us and we have no control over those things. And it's really easy to start playing the victim, right? To start being the victim of our circumstances and to feel like things are happening to us and that there's nothing we can do and woe is me. Instead, though, what we want to do is focus on what we can control, because if nothing else, we can control the way that we think. So true confession time. I've been known to have a good pity party for myself over having too much to do, you know, and spewing off all that is on my plate to anyone who would listen, you know, I've got this going on and that happening, and I work this many hours, and then this is going on in my family, and that this is going on with my health, or whatever it may be, and I just can start listing out all these things that are happening to me and through me that I just feel completely overwhelmed. And what it's interesting is when I do that, sometimes what happens is the person I'm speaking to starts returning back to me all that's on their plate, and they share back with me all the load that they're carrying. And all of a sudden, the two of us are just kind of having this massive pity party about how busy we are and how exhausted we are. And it almost becomes a competition to see who's the busiest. The reality is when someone says, I'm busy, it's code for I'm stressed. It's just a dressed up way to say it to make us feel more important. And how many times have you said, I'm busy when someone asked, how are you doing this year? I don't want to admit how many times I've said I'm busy, which really meant I'm feeling stressed and overloaded. So how do we get off that hamster wheel? Well, we'll be more successful at overcoming overwhelm if we start out with our own thinking patterns, right? Instead of focusing on the things happening to us, we've really got to go deep Into our own minds and figure out how are we getting in our own way what are we actually gaining from the things that we're doing and the overwhelm in our life because chances are even though that may be hard to understand as i say this to you right now you're gaining something from being overwhelmed and we're going to talk about that today or maybe you're avoiding something and that's keeping you overwhelmed So, the only way to get tactical and turn things around is to become aware of these things so that we can start to change our mindset and our belief system and then be ready to do something about it. Does that surprise you or maybe even make you mad at me right now that I say you're gaining something by being overwhelmed? How dare I generalize, right? I don't know you, I don't know your circumstances. And that is so true. That is so true. But I'm bringing on some tough love here for you and for myself, because what I know is that most leaders express feelings of being overwhelmed a lot of the time. As humans, we can often be our own worst enemies. So if you aren't buying it yet, I invite you to lean in and consider all that I'm about to share with you with the hopes that you'll gain a new perspective, insight about yourself that will help you overcome overwhelm. And it won't only help you, as a leader, there are going to be times when your direct reports are going to come to you, and they're going to feel overwhelmed. Or maybe they won't tell you, but you'll pick up clues and ideas that they are feeling overwhelmed. And the tools I'll share in this podcast and the next one are going to be helpful when you're coaching other people who are stressed out too. There's a model that I love called the SCARF model, and it's in a book by David Rock. His book is called Your Brain at Work, Strategies for Overcoming Distraction, Regaining Focus, and Working Smarter All Day Long. And this is an awesome book that I highly recommend. He does a lot of science and neuroscience and how the brain works and makes it just really easy to understand and really practical as well. And one of the things he talks about in this book is the SCARF model. It's all capital, S-C-A-R-F. And basically, the SCARF model is about the primary rewards and threats that drive our thinking and then ultimately our behavior. And so as humans, there are things that we are driven towards and that we want to, uh, to draw into our lives. And those five things, according to David Rock, are status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. And any time we don't have those things, we feel threatened. And when we do have those things in our lives, we feel rewarded. And having the reward of those can be a really intense emotional response for us. And today we're focusing on overwhelm, which is certainly an intense emotional response. So when we're feeling overwhelmed, it can drive us to feel sick. We can feel so overwhelmed, we literally feel sick to our stomachs. Or maybe when we're overwhelmed, we overeat. This is me. This is me. When I'm overwhelmed and stressed, I run straight to the kitchen and start wanting to snack on something that like, you know, Cheez-Its or something or ice cream that I can eat, right? When we're overwhelmed, maybe we yell at our kids or maybe we shut down. We make more mistakes because we're not thinking as clearly. Or maybe we even honk our horn at the little old lady that's driving too slow. But we do things when we're overwhelmed that we later regret, And then we feel even more overwhelmed because of the consequences of those bad decisions or choices that we made. So we're all overwhelmed in part because we're working to feed our reward system and to avoid punishments and pain. I know personally, I like to do things that are going to generate praise, give me security, where I feel like I have freedom and where I feel like I have strong relationships, Yet there is such a thing as too much of a good thing. And that's thing, T-H-A-N-G, not thing, T-H-I-N-G, because I am Southern. So back to the scarf model. Let me give you some examples of how too much focus on the rewards can drive us to overwhelm. And as I do this, I'd like you to think about which ones would really relate to you. As I tell you these stories and describe them, which ones do you go, oh, that is so me? Or maybe you can relate this to some other people that you work with or maybe even live with. I know for me, I can relate to all of them at different times and situations. Let's start with looking at status, which is the first domain of the SCARF model. Status is really about our relative importance to another person. If you think about status in all human groups, and even in animal kingdom, in groups of animals, there's always a status. There's a pecking order, right? There's, a, there's, there's someone or people in the group that have higher status than others. And so status can feel very rewarding to us when we have it. It gives us a sense of power and control and freedom. And people with high status often are more confident and, and actually are more successful. Even the hope of having status increases that reward for us, according to David Rock. So I don't know about you, but do you love praise as much as I do? Um, I know I love to get praise, right? It feels really good to me. It, It builds on my sense of need for status. And by the way, will you rate and review this podcast, please? Because if you do, you will give me a hit of dopamine. So what is dopamine? Well, dopamine is a chemical messenger in the brain. And that actually makes me feel happier. So anytime someone likes or reviews my podcast, I get a hope of dopamine and my status feels increased for myself, right? And so neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin that make us feel happier are increased when we have more status. Our stress hormone, which is cortisol, actually goes down when we have status. So the higher our status, the less stress we feel. The lower our status in a situation, the greater the stress we feel. And the other interesting thing to me is that testosterone goes up when we have more status. And when our testosterone is high, we have more focus, we feel stronger, and we feel more confident. So how does having status, which sounds like a really good thing, how can that create overwhelm for us? Well, I think it's because of our desire to earn it, right? We see all the good that comes from status. We get all these dopamine hits that reward us and make us want to have more status. And I think we also fear losing status or dropping in our status or missing out on opportunities that will improve our status. So we can get into the habit of saying yes to everything because we don't want to miss out on the rewards that we're going to get when we do it. It's like our ego gets in the way and screams at us, say yes, do that, do that, do that, because we want to have our status increase. And the next thing we know, we've said yes to too many things. So we make emotional decisions to do things sometimes without thinking of the long-term consequences. Let me give you some examples. Shonda took a promotion and it tripled her team. It was a really big promotion and she went from a team of six to a team of 20. She took this because she saw the benefit. She'd been working really, really hard to be promoted. It was a career goal for her. And she took this, even though she was already feeling overwhelmed with work, she was currently earning her MBA and she had several family responsibilities that required a lot of time. But that desire for that reward that she'd been working so hard for her, she said yes. And she added even more overwhelm to her life. Danny took on a board position at a nonprofit that he supports, even though he's already working 60 hours a week and his kids are telling him they miss him. Why did he do it? Because the idea of being on a board was something he'd aspired to do, made him feel important It gave him status. And he wanted that. He wanted the reward of that status, even at the cost of his own health and maybe his kids missing him. Jan was asked to present an idea to an executive team at the organization, and she saw this as a really wonderful way for her to be in front of the senior level of members of the organization and be a career opportunity for her to be seen and recognized as good. So she spent weeks on a 30-minute presentation. Every slide, every detail she practiced, she actually lost sleep worrying and stressing and trying to make this the perfect 30-minute presentation And she tweaked it all the way up until the last minute to make sure it was done right. And then afterwards, the day after, she got really sick because she was so tired and her body was so worn down because she wanted to do so well for that team. A few years back in a slower period of time, I'll give you an example of myself here. I signed up to volunteer to work on programs for a professional organization because I thought I, I really want to get involved and I know that if you want to to you know meet people and network and and all of that you've got to get involved you can't just join an organization I believe you got to sign up and volunteer in some way well I signed up when I wasn't as busy And then several months later, my business got, quote, busy. Remember, busy means stressed, right? I had so much going on. I was having a hard time keeping it all going. And at that point, I really regretted signing up for that volunteer position. After a few months, I actually resigned. And I didn't feel good to resign. There was someone to take my place. I did not leave them high and dry. But it still did not feel good to resign, you know, within a year of actually signing up to do it. And I wished I hadn't said yes to begin with. So what I'd like you to do here is think about this question and even write it down. What have you said yes to because you saw it as an opportunity to increase your status and that you later regretted it? So these are the types of things I think we have to become aware of in not saying yes to everything because we may gain status, but we may also gain overwhelm if we do. The second and third domains of the SCARF model are really closely linked together. So one is certainty, which is our need to be able to predict the future and know what's happening. And the third is autonomy, which is our sense of freedom and control over events. And so these are very linked together. We do a lot of things, or most of us do, to try to create certainty in our lives because it makes us feel safe and secure. So I was coaching with um, George. And by the way, all these names are changed. I'll never use a real coaching client's name. That would just be unethical for me to do. But I was coaching with a client named George. And we were digging in one day around his own sense of overwhelm and what he was struggling with. He realized and acknowledged he was struggling to delegate to his team because he wanted to be sure everything was done right. To George, it was so important that everything was accurate, it was done on time, and he didn't trust his team to do things to his standards. You know, he believed, as so many leaders do, I can do this better. I know I can do this better than my team. And so it was really hard for him to let anyone else do it because he wanted it to be done right. It gave him anxiety if someone else was doing it. So he micromanaged. You know, he didn't mean to micromanage, but he wanted to see and check in and make sure it was done to his standards. So he was always down in the details with them and really suffocating his team. Not only that, the time it took for him to to be so engaged into the details of all of his team members ate into his day, so he was working late into the night on the works that he needed to do. So it really didn't serve anyone, his team or him. This was all coming from his need to both have certainty and have that sense of control um, of what was happening on his team. Have you ever met anyone who liked to be micromanaged? I don't I don't know that I have. I don't think anybody really wins in the long run when someone is micromanaging. And at some deeper level for, for George, status might have come into play here too. Because one of the reasons he wanted it done right was he wanted to be sure that everything that his team did, which he felt like reflected on him, was done at a very high level. So in some ways, all three of those scarf domains were really important to George. Status, uh, certainty, And also that sense of control. My question to you on this one is, what are you holding on to that someone else could do? But you're holding on to it because you need to be sure that it's done right. And I say right with air quotes, right? Because right according to you, according to your standards. But what are you holding on to that someone else could do? Maybe they need training. Maybe they need coaching. But someone else could do this. But you are clinging to it because you want to have control and be sure that it's done right. And then how is this serving you? How is this really serving you in the long run? And then how is it serving your team? I really would like you to think about that and challenge yourself on this one, because most of us have some things that we hold on to because we want it done our way, or quote the right way. But this contributes to our sense of overwhelm. The next domain I want to share with you is relatedness in the scarf model relatedness relatedness is how safe we feel with others that sense of belonging and connection to others and we're all driven as humans to have this some more than others but this is definitely a reward for us Sophia She was a leader in a coaching session I had recently. She described herself as extremely empathetic. And that was a positive thing, that she was empathetic. She deeply cared about her team members and was always thinking about how she thought they would feel, uh, what it was like for them, what their experience was like. And she really valued relationships over tasks. So to her, she wanted her team to feel happy, to feel cared for. Uh, She wanted them to feel successful and so she would hold back on giving them really challenging work because she wanted them to have that positive experience and didn't want them to feel overwhelmed and so she would do it all herself. Well, at a deeper level, it was also really important for her that her team liked her, that they, you know, they wanted to work with her, that they said she's a fun boss, she's a nice boss. And so all of these things would get in the way for her sometimes with how she managed them. <laughs> So it's time for the Better Teams trivia question. What is the hormone released in our brains when we feel connected to other people? And the answer is the hormone released in our brains when we feel connected to other people is oxytocin. Oxytocin is that hormone that mothers have when they've just had a baby that makes them love their baby. It's a sense of connection and belonging and bonding. And when we feel relatedness and connections with our team and team members, oxytocin is released. So relatedness or connection is also one of the 15 characteristics in My Better Teams model. But even connection can be overplayed. Can you believe it? Can you have too much connection? Yes, you can if a leader cares so much about relationships and connections that she takes on too much work to protect others who is really benefiting. The employee isn't growing, and the leader is overwhelmed and unavailable, perhaps even a bottleneck. So have you ever had or worked for a leader that was really overwhelmed? Think about this. What was it like for you having a leader that was overwhelmed? Did you feel guilty when you needed them? Did you like think, oh, I don't want to bother them because I know they're so busy. I really have a question or I really wish I could get their input on something. But I know they're so busy, so I don't want to bother them. I know so many people that feel this way about their leaders. And do you want your employees, your direct reports, your team to feel that way about you? Or do you want them to feel like you're available to them? So it's really hard to have significant time with a leader who feels very overwhelmed. So nobody really is getting that sense of relatedness that they need when they only get their leader every other week for 30 minutes. My question for you here is, think about how you might be letting your need for relationships interfere with your judgment about workload distribution. So where do relationships trump the actual thoughtful decisions about how to distribute your workload? The last domain I'm going to share with you in the SCARF model is fairness. And fairness is about our desire for equal exchange between groups or people, right? We have a natural bent to want things to feel fair and just. And so Malik was a leader like this. He really valued fairness and justice, Everything he did with his team, anything he asked them to do, he always waited against, is this fair or not to them? And he wanted to protect them from feeling overwhelmed. So he didn't want to give them more than their fair share of work. So what he did was he took more on. He thought, I don't want to burden them. I don't want them to feel overwhelmed. So I will do more myself. And in essence, he was fair to everyone but himself. So with fairness, how do you define fair when it comes to divvying out responsibilities and accountability? What is fairness? And how might your need for fairness be a contributing factor to your sense of overwhelm? And my last question for you here is, are you being fair to yourself? Well, I hope you're not beating yourself up right now. That's not the point of this. I said I was going to give you some tough love, but the reality is we all do these things to some degree, at least some of the time, some of us more than others. And the more overwhelmed you are, the more likely some of these things are getting in your way. The point is to recognize where you have control about how you think, feel, and approach decisions that impact whether or not you feel overwhelmed. Awareness about our patterns of thinking is the first step, right? When I become aware that I'm doing this because I I want to have that dopamine hit because it feels good, I might think twice before I say yes to the next volunteer role, right? I might really think about it and make sure it's a smart decision for me and where I am in my life right now. Leaders I know who have overcome overwhelm spend time figuring out what's the root cause of my overwhelm. You know, I know there may be external things happening that you can't control, but from an internal perspective, what's going on in my own brain that's causing me or that I'm doing to contribute to my sense of overwhelm? How might I be sabotaging myself? Because bottom line, when we take ownership rather than playing the victim to our circumstances, we can then begin to switch things up and overcome the overwhelm in our life. So we want to take charge of our circumstances, and it starts with our mindsets. We want to make choices to liberate ourselves from stressful overwhelm at least more of the time, right? I don't think we ever get rid of overwhelm completely. It will come and it will go. But when we have it or it comes into our life, we, if we do these things and we become aware of these things more of the time, we can start to take back the reins one baby step at a time. As we close today, I'd like to give you four questions to ponder. And I really want to encourage you to take time to think these through so that you'll have an insight. First one is, what need or belief do you have that is driving you to take on more responsibilities? The second question, how can you reframe that belief or modify that need for your own greater good? third question. What clues will you watch for to alert yourself that you are making a choice that will likely lead to overwhelm? When we become aware of those clues, we can start to catch it quicker. And the fourth question, how will you keep this top of mind as you build healthier habits? In this podcast, we focus on how we get in our own way, the internal thinking and driver's and start here, right? I know we want to go straight to the tactics of overwhelm. What do I need to do? How do I block my calendar and all of that? But the reality is most of the work really starts internally with our own thinking and setting ourselves up successfully. In the next podcast, I'm going to show you and give you some tools and some ideas on how you can focus to deal with external demands that get in the way. I'm going to give you four specific and practical actions that you can do to take back control and manage your responsibilities with a greater sense of balance. If you're like me, you are eager to get to the actions. Yet I found time and again, successful leaders first get their own mindsets and thinking in order first. So I encourage you to spend this week becoming aware of how you're contributing to your sense of overwhelm and adjusting your own thinking to support a sense of happiness and balance in your life. And then tune in for part two. And please give me a hit of dopamine by rating and reviewing this podcast and posting it on social media. Let's turn the title into overwhelm. People are watching us. Let's model healthy leadership. you for taking the time to listen in as leaders it's important that we all keep learning visit www.better-teams.com to learn more about the better teams model and how you can assess your team i'd love to hear from you so please connect with me on linkedin or through my website and join forward my online community where you can share learn and network with me and other leaders from around the globe If you want more pragmatic ideas and tips to lead better teams, please subscribe and share this podcast with your colleagues. Thank you and have a great day.